This episode of Scream Queens, Where Horror Gets Gay, is dedicated to the memory of Steven Steingranger. This program is a proud member of Univaz. Unified. Unique. Voices. Learn more at univazpods.net. Hello. My name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen. And so are you! <laughs> Hello again, my beautiful screamers, and Happy New Year! And above all, welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets gay. This is episode 308, and tonight we are getting a sneak peek behind the Patreon curtain, but this time you're getting a full episode of The Final Reel, in which I'm giving mini-reviews of the movie The Car, Pool Party Massacre, and... Detective Pokemon, work with me. Trust me, it all works together in a mini-unit. But before we go a step further, please allow me to introduce myself. My name is Patrick Walsh, and for the past 11 years, I have been your humble guide through the weird and wonderful and often fabulous world of horror movies. But you have got to see them through my very, very gay little eyes, and you're gonna love it, or I'll bop you in nose. That's good, Patrick. Threaten violence first thing. Well, you know what? After this week, a little bob on the nose doesn't seem like much. Yeah, uh, so 2021, uh, not off to a great start. And things have been bad here at Scream Queen's headquarters. Now, I know a lot of you are saying, hey, aren't we supposed to be talking about Death Drop Gorgeous? Well, I did record an episode with Christiani and Scott the Seder this week. There were problems. We got a late start. I lost time editing. It's going to need a lot of work. The clock was ticking. I had to put out something. This was the option. And plus, this year has already taken a lot out of me. The, on New Year's Day, I lost, as you heard at the opening, I lost one of my dearest friends. Um, we've talked about him on the show before. A couple of years ago, he was doing that video Santa thing. I remember I promoted on here, and some of you took advantage of him. He, he finished his last Santa call this year on New Year's Eve, and went to lie down and just never got up again. So I am devastated over that. Um, and I've been seeing a lot of loss in the Scream Queens family. Uh, a lot of people are sick. Uh, Allison and Brian, who were just on last episode, they lost their dear cat, Logan Pants, research assistant Logan Pants, who often gets mentioned when they're on. He passed away. I spent the night in the emergency room with another attack of cellulitis, but I caught it this time, so I didn't have to stay for five days like I did a couple of years ago. So that was good, but I'm still limping around the house like a gimpo and Strung out on antibiotics and painkillers. And oh yeah, and the, the capital got raided by insane people. And the country's about to blow up. So yeah, it's been a week. So you will pardon me if I have to bump the Death Drop Gorgeous episode for a while. I want to do it. I want to do it right. And I don't want to rush it. Because I respect the movie and I respect the people who made it. And I, did, I just want to do the best job possible. And of course, I respect you. And I want to put out a shitty product. It reflects badly on all of us. So for those of you who are new to the show, you're probably wondering, what's going on? What's, what, what's, this other, what's this final real business? Well, if you are a Patreon subscriber, which means if you have subscribed on Patreon and are a supporter of the show, you get premiere content, which includes two brand new, totally separate Scream Queens-related podcasts. 
One of which you've heard a lot about, which is Damn You, Uncle Lewis, which is our Friday the 13th, the series retrospective that we do once a month. But also, I do something called the final reel. As I close every show with, I say, you know, fight or flight, survive the night, make it to the final reel. Well, the final reel podcast is where you want to be. That's where you want to make it to. Because in normal circumstances, in non-COVID circumstances, I would begin, I get advanced screen, well, I used to when we had movie theaters, I would be able to get into see the major big screen horror movie releases the day before they're supposed to open. So I would be able to give my Patreon subscribers a heads up on how they're going to plan their weekends. And everyone's gnawing at the bit on Friday to see that brand new horror movie. And and this way I get my two cents in on Friday morning and I could say, hold on, maybe you're going to want to skip this one. Or yeah, absolutely, definitely, go twice. It's your inside scoop to what would be going on on the big screen, but you know, at least here, we ain't got no big screen no more, so that has been limiting. So for the past nine months, we've been talking about stuff that I've been watching that I just don't talk about on here. Some of the bigger releases, some of the more obscure stuff, just stuff that doesn't quite fit into the main show profile as well as another movie might. That's going to get talked about over at the final reel until life returns to somewhat normal. I'm babbling. Much like in the episode that you're about to hear. This is recorded May 2019. Remember, this is what I had. I remember this was like I had three days in a row where I just could not sleep. I was getting like two hours of sleep a night. So I am loopy and you people love it when I get weird. And oh boy, this one's going to get weird. And if you like what you hear, there's going to be information at the end of the show on how you too can become a Patreon subscriber. But enough of my babbling. Let's sit back. Relax and take a listen to the final reel. Buckle in. It's a bumpy ride. Hello again, my beautiful Patreon subscribers. Nope, nope, no. I have to stop calling you that because you motherfuckers are my super screamers. We scream and we're super, so we're super screamers, and you're not. Well, actually, you are, but you know what I mean. You know what I mean. So, yes, here we are in the final reel. We're all dream queens. Want to be. They want to be the ones standing at the end of the movie to have made it through the problem to the point where the whether they live or die, they're up to them, and I got nothing because, you know, I don't know why anybody wants to be here right now. You know why? Because I have no idea what I'm doing for this episode. Okay, that is not exactly true because I I had a vague idea of what I wanted to do and I said, okay, well, I'll look into these movies and then I'll talk about them. And then I watched those movies and I said, no, no, that's like 45 seconds worth of bleh material. And I can't give you guys bleh, you're super screamers, not bleh screamers. That would be gross. Please don't make that sound again, Patrick. I won't. That I do promise to you. So I just said, okay, well, okay, I'll do this other movie. Fine, I'll do this one other movie. Great. And now I'm doing three movies because I've just, I don't know, I don't know what's happening with me. You know, you know what it is? You know what it is? I am just a deeply, deeply creative individual, and when it flows out of me, it just cannot be controlled. Oh wait, that's diarrhea. Okay, we're going classy this time around. So the first two movies that we're going to talk about, well. They're available on various streaming services, and the third would be yet another peek inside my super secret cinema stash. Great. Now, now a character voice is trying to get out. 
because when I said that, it kind of sounded like that hippo. Show is a hippo. He wore a pith helmet. He flew around in a hot air balloon, summoning up the hippo hurricane howler. Which sounds nothing like Super Screen versus Super Cinema, so I don't even know why I brought it up. All right, because I'm an intensely intensive creative person, and it's just flowing a lot of me. Well, somebody get me a goddamn mop, clean up this creativity, and let's do a goddamn show, shall we? Okay, the first movie that we are going to talk about is from 1977. And it's now available on Shudder. And when I saw that it was available on Shudder, I just said, oh my God, I have to revisit this one. Because it was a movie. No, it still is a movie. A movie that I saw as an innocent little waif. And a movie that I have not seen since. Which means this should be a visit to the nightmare closet. <laughs> Except the rules that I set up for the nightmare closet is that it's a movie that traumatized me as a child that I haven't revisited since, and now I'm revisiting again as an adult. But this movie didn't traumatize me at all. No, no, not even at seven years old. Because that movie is The Car. Evil has visited the Earth in many forms. Now it returns as the car. There was no driver in the car. The car possessed. a little trip of the mind, shall we? Go back in time with me. It's 1977. You're seven years old today. Perhaps you're standing, I don't know, outside of a Carvel ice cream shop, nibbling your way through a quickly melting flying saucer ice cream sandwich. You're probably wearing mismatching Garanimals, and you have a Dorothy Hamill haircut. Oh, shut up. Yes, you know you had one. You know you had one. Don't lie to me. 
Bitch, you have a Dorothy Hamill haircut now. Can I go on with my story? Anyway, it was a much simpler time. You know, pre-internet. Pre-everything. It was just nothing. It was nothing. We barely had, we barely had electricity at the time, for Christ's sake. It was terrible. America had just turned 200 years old. And yes, we were entertained by simpler things. I'm looking at you, Fleece Company. Mm-hmm. But this? Oh, I remember I saw the commercial and just said, that's just so silly. Of course, I didn't have the analysis I have now. And said, okay, we're coming off of the exorcist. Satan's in. Looking forward a little bit into the future, I could say the satanic panic is about to break out. And boy, what did we love in the 70s? We loved cars. We had a gas crisis. We had to wait in line for gas. For da- You couldn't go to that gas station unless you had the right license plate number on certain days. We didn't care because we loved our big gas-guzzling cars. We didn't even have unleaded fuel yet. And we loved Jaws. Put all those things together, you should have a hit movie. No, you don't. You don't. And watching it now, I'm amazed that it's not a made-for-TV horror movie. Because it feels like a made-for-TV horror movie. Even though it's got Josh Brolin in it. You know, he's a movie star. He didn't do TV. Back in the day, you couldn't do TV if you were a movie star. It was against the law or some shit. It was, it was, it was seen as a step down. And Josh Brolin ain't one to be stepping down. Not Josh Brolin. James Brolin. James Brolin. He married Barbara Streisand. Is that a step up or a step down? Let's not get into that now, shall we? It's a gay podcast, but it's not that gay. But man, there's not a scare to be had. It's just driving. Endless driving. Driving, driving, driving. And the car was designed by the same people who designed the Batmobile. So it still kind of looks like the Batmobile. The car is not scary. There's really no suspense. It's just all the characters... The side characters, the quick deaths, they all feel like it's a made-for-TV movie. No depth, just strange conversations, just straight. And, all, and plus, it's in the fucking desert. It feels like it's on that ranch where they shot all those fucking TV movies. Like Brian Norton at one point said, it's, like, it's the same ranch, it's the same house, it's the same cave. That's the Batcave, as a matter of fact. I'm pretty sure the Batcave was featured in this. Which, of course, because the Batmobile was in it. it it's awful. And... I thought at least it might be funny this time around. It's not. It's just boring. Boring. And you never find out what's driving the car. Well, I mean, you know it's evil. It's Satan. Because that car can go anywhere, but it can kill somebody on the fifth floor of of an apartment building. But no, 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 no. Can't go on a held ground. Can't drive across the cemetery. It's because it's Satan. It's Satan driving the car. Had it been like five years later, he would have had a novelty license plate, but those hadn't happened yet, so we could be thankful for that. But you never see anybody get out of the car, you never, or any form, or any. You just never, you never know what's driving. What could it be? What could it be? I know what it is now. I know what evil drives the car. It's Kim and Kyle Richards. Da da da! Yes. You have to understand, as a child of the '70s, I fucking loved Kim Richards. I had, an, I used to pretend that we were friends. That's how much I loved Kim Richards. That's how much I'm horrified I am of her now. But the thing is, I go back and see her and stuff now. When she was a kid, I'm going, was that girl always on Quaaludes? That's something not right with her. Maybe that's why I liked her at the time. It was the 70s. Everybody was on Quaaludes. Why not a six-year-old girl? Keep her quiet on set, that's for sure. But you know who really creeps me out of the two? 
It's Kyle. Is that her name? Is that her sister's name? Kyle? Hold on. I have to double check that. There, I was right. How dare I not trust my own knowledge of useless trivia? Yes, Kyle Richards. Because Kim was always in the forefront. Kim was easily spotted. You know, she always had a good role. And she was always, you know, up in the front and perky and whatever all the kids are supposed to be on sets and shit. I mean, it was enough to make me want to hang out with her for Christ's sake. But here's the thing. That was the distraction I've learned. Because lots of times Kyle was often there too. She's right there, but you didn't notice her. I mean, I didn't even know that it was her sister in Halloween. I've seen the movie a million times. I didn't know that they were related. I didn't even know she had a sister. Because she was always there, but I never noticed. Why not? What's she doing back there? What are you doing back there, Kyle? Sure, sure, uh huh. It's the old sleight of hand thing. Oh, look at Kim. Kim's doing something sweet. Kim's doing a little curtsy, a little ballet, little tap dance. Meanwhile, Kyle is cutting people's <laughs> Achilles heel, you know, gauge, whatever's, you know, pet cemetery style. Slash, slash, slash. That's what that bitch is doing. That little four year old is getting behind a car and running over people. That's what she's doing. What evil drives the car? It's Kyle. God damn it, Kyle. Why don't you go back to San Francisco with the rest of the devil children? Somebody make this movie, please, for me. <laughs> the Kyle Richards horror movie. Okay, yeah, Alex, you won't sue. All right, so uh, the car. As a curiosity, it's kind of worth a look, but you really don't have to stay for the whole thing. There's some parts that are okay, but... I, I, some car chases are almost okay, but for the most part, it's just dumb. It's dumb. Just people having excuses to be in the middle of the street and not be able to get out of the middle of the street. I'm like, just get out of the street. Oh, God, I don't know what to do. Get out of the street. Go inside. Get out. Get your at. The car runs on the road. The road is made for cars. Go someplace where the car can't go. Or just die. I don't really care. Okay, so that was the car. Uh. And I figured, great. I watched the car. I have the show. Brilliant. It's better than I was going to talk about anyway because at least it had some nostalgia factor to it. So I could take it back to the 1970s and you could think about me <laughs> in something polyester. Or velvet, perhaps. Ooh, crushed velvet. Ooh, I had some crushed velvet back in the day. Are we talking about me? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. So I'm all set. Okay, great. Good. That's a good 10 minutes. Perfect little bonus episode when we're good. And I can't sleep. I don't know why. Probably Kyle. Okay, Kyle Richards is hoaxing me. Hoaxing me. Hoaxing me. Said I can't wait to put the witchery on me. That's what she's done. And I'm a tossing and a turning and a turning and a tossing and a tossing and a turning. And I tossed off a few times and I still can't go to sleep. Hush, like you don't. I don't know how you don't toss off to yourself with that Dorothy Hamill haircut. Short and sassy. That was the name of her shampoo. My God, Dorothy Hamill had a shampoo. Did you know that, people? And it was a shampoo only for people with short hair. It was short and sassy. If you brought it to the counter and your hair was only short, they'd send you back. No, I'm sorry. I also had to be sassy. <laughs> it's tangent time, tangent time. So I'm like, all right, let me just find something to fall asleep to on something. It was going to all the services. I was looking for something kind of boring. All of a sudden, I saw a pool party massacre pop up. Here's my relationship with pool party massacre. It's not much of one. It was just a Twitter fling. Eh, 
every time I saw them are having a promotion. And they kept having giveaways, and the giveaway clue was the thing that was like, tell us about your, I don't know, your favorite pool party. What you were on happened at a pool party mask. I don't even remember what the question was because my answer was so fucking fabulous. But what I wrote was, every damn time. It was. You know, now, every time I go to a pool party, frankly, I'm disappointed when there's not a massacre. It would be liked. It would be retweeted. Did I ever win a free copy of the movie? No. Am I bitter? Maybe. Am I going to get pay? pay? Am I going to get payback? Probably. But you know what you're going to get? The trailer. Gross. Do you think you could take your grandpa with you? Blair Winthorpe and her friends don't know it yet, but they are about to have the worst pool party ever. What's her problem? Sugar daddy issues. Speak for yourself, bitch. You will never forget the first time that somebody gives you a dirty sandwich. Go fuck yourself. Does anybody know how to make a mojito? I'm not even Italian. Your logic blows my mind sometimes. The perfect party horror movie. Bloody good time throughout. Everything I hoped for. An enjoyable romp. Dude, cash talks for the pizza walks, bro. Worst pool party ever! Pool Party Massacre. Party Massacre. It's the story of a girl named Blair. And Blair is a horrible, horrible human being. She's rich. She's spoiled. She doesn't like anybody. She is mean. She is cruel. She is unappreciative. And, well, I could go on and on because... Well, she's awful. And you know how I hate... I mean, you know this. You guys are super screamers. You know this. That I can't stand. I'm sick and tired of horror movies that are stocked with nothing but unlikable horror movie characters. And hello, this is exactly that. These friends of hers are even worse. And I don't mean necessarily worse bitches. They're just worse. Because, yeah, they're mean. But they're not good at it either. And so it's all just kind of sitting there. Like it's not funny. It's not particularly bitchy. It goes on forever. It's not acted particularly well. So the levels are just kind of like this. And, you know, about, and it was kind of almost too real. You know, like the dumb bitches, like the mean bitches. You get those mean girls, but you get the dumb bitches heading the mean girls sometimes. That's them. That's them, and that didn't make for really quality entertainment a lot of the times. There were some moments, but... Ooh, I was like, oh my gosh, ooh, ooh. But the thing is, it made Blair look even better. But here's the thing. While I hated Blair, I didn't hate, hate Blair. Because there was something really kind of 
quirky about her. And I don't think it was something that she was putting on. It just seemed built into her. There was a physical resemblance somewhat to Sandra Bernhardt. And the way she would move and the way she carried herself, there was just always this kind of gangly awkwardness to it that you would not expect to see in this, you know, character with tons of money and class and refinement, supposedly. No, I kind of liked that. I was digging that. And if you got me thinking of Sandra Bernhardt, that's pretty damn gay. So I'm on board. Let's do this shit. So she's having the pool party, and everybody's awful, and they start to die. And it's a low-budget movie. Most of it is shot in daylight. And while the effects are practical, they're shot in daylight. And sometimes it's like, I don't even know if you did that wrong on purpose. If you're playing into the fact that it's low-budget, or you did that really wrong because this one kill involving a hammer which on its own is kind of spectacular but what it just lingers on things and the longer you linger you go oh they're oh that's happening oh no that's wrong you're not even li- oh no oh gosh that's that's i'm embarrassed stop cutting cut stop cutting that cut to the lizard cut to add the iguana sorry there's a twitter post about an iguana never mind we're not talking about Ed the iguana i wish i could i'd be here all day i've already been here all day and it is kind of satisfying to see these absolutely boring bitches get knocked off. There was one among them who was, as soon as she showed up, I'm like, ooh, that's the one I like. That's the bitch I like. I hope she's around for a while. No, she's the first one of the group to get knocked off. She's the one that gets it with the hammer that I just mentioned. So I was a little pissed off. I'm like, filmmakers, check with your gays. Figure out which characters the gays like and keep them around. Knock off the other ones. (laughs) And then it's supposed to just be for the girls. It's supposed to be girls' day. And the thing is, this pool party is kind of an exercise in existential dread. It's like waiting for Godot in pool form. Because it's a pool party, but nobody uses the pool. It's like a pool-adjacent party. Pool akimbo. Pool pool akimbo would make a great porn star name. Gay porn star name making pool akimbo. Okay, okay, I copyright that. That's mine. You can't have it. Hello, I'm Pool Akimbo. Yes, you are. You need to straighten your pool out. It's flowing over. Oh, gross, gross. That was gross. <laughs> there was something else that was bugging me about her friends. Because these girls are supposed to be rich. Not just rich, loaded. And yet, they don't know how to carry themselves or dress right. Like they, uh, Granted, it's a pool party. It's bikini, you know, bikinis and shit. But I'm going, nah, no girl with money would be caught dead in any of these outfits, not even to make daddy mad. No. 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 So something false was... Just, they all just felt false. Maybe that was the problem I had. They were boring bitches who were lying. Lying bitches. It's supposed to be just for the girls. But fortunately, some boys show up. And really, it's great that some boys do show up because literally all these girls do is sit a Kimbo to the pool, pull a Kimbo, Flip to their phones and kind of casually bitch at each other over their phones. It's just dreadful. There's no music. There's no dancing. There's no, no drugs. There's booze, but they don't even seem to be enjoying themselves. Like, nobody's having any fun. And I'm like, wow. You, do you know it's your last day on the planet? You should be getting your top. Take your top off now. Get those tits sunburned. Don't go in that side to get them out. Take them out in public, man. That's my advice. But the guys show up, and one of them is hot. One of them is hot. 
And he makes a comment. I don't remember exactly what the comment was, but he said, oh, well, you know, wait, wait until I get my shirt off. Or something. You can see my rippling, whatever. I don't know. It was something about how great his physique was with his shirt off. And I said, ooh, I can't wait to see that. Filmmakers, let me reacquaint you with the concept of Chekhov's gun, or in this case, Chekhov's hot naked torso. Do not promise me a hot naked torso in Act 1 if someone doesn't get shot in the face with a hot naked torso in the final reel. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about. Don't promise me man tits and then not give them to me. Oh, we get girl tits, though. Oh, the first – oh, God, his girlfriend – oh, oh, his girlfriend's tits are scary. There's something very strange. Like, she paid a lot of money for them. That was like, like – actually, no, she didn't. They were like cheap boob jobs. They were just really hard and scary. Anyway, but – yeah. Uh, since this is a low-budget movie, a lot of the effects – no, all of the effects are practical. Cool. We love that. Except it's a pool party during the day, which means they're shot in broad daylight. So you're having practical drawer effects in broad daylight, which means they don't look good. Some of them are executed well. <laughs> and some of the effects are too. Ha! Hilarious. Occasionally, they would be done so badly that I was kind of wondering if they were done wrong on purpose. To kind of play into the whole low-budget... I got all meta in this shit. I was all meta up in this shit. What else is there to say about this? You know, it goes on as you expect. It's one by one by one by one. They drop, and it's... There's a use of a weed whacker that I haven't seen in a movie before. Let's just say someone... Gets a Brazilian with a weed whacker? No, I heard a bushwhacking before, but this is ridiculous. Which is a line someone could have said when they found the body, but did they? No. You're welcome. Sequel. I'll take a writing credit for that. But the thing is, in the last reel, some stuff happened that made me wake up. Because depending on who... Blair is with, changes her acting style and her interest level. Like, there's some people who are better th than others in this movie. And when she's stuck with her, the people like her friends, their energy drags down her energy. But when she's with a couple of other characters, she crackles. And when the movie crackles, it's great. So when they have these moments, particularly during the final round, I'm like, oh, hello. Now's it. Here's the movie. Here we go, movie. And overall, I, I did hate myself for watching it. I did. But I felt good dirty in a weird kind of way. And there's a reason for that. And I don't fully understand it. But it's time for me to just get it all out in the open. Excuse me while I whip this out. Drew Marvick. What did he just say? I said Drew Marvick. Drew Marvick is the writer and director of Pool Party Massacre. A small part, and he's mostly just in photographs. He's um, Blair's older brother that they love. He's, which is funny. He's like he's supposed to be this great success and the pride and joy of the family, but he's a total goon, total goony-looking dude. And the second I saw him, I said. Why am I drawn to you like a moth to a flame, Drew Marvick? 
Why am I obsessed with you all of a sudden? I don't know. I don't know why, Drew Marvick. But this whole episode has been this weird kind of trip, this weird kind of existential search of the self. How many times have I brought up existentialism this episode? Hmm? Brought up, oh, because I didn't even mention this in the car. Okay, we're going back to the car for a second because Pat, Dad, Daddy's jumping all over the place today. Daddy's had no sleep and Daddy is punchy. I read a review of the car today that mentioned that the original concept for the script that it was supposed to be an exercise in existential dread because these people are in the desert and there's like no escape. Like even if there, even if this car, devil car never showed up, this place is hell. And it, the, the writer kept using instance after instance that was cited in the script. And going, oh my God, if they had gotten a decent director, this movie could have been well, I don't know if it would have been good, but it would have been something very different. It would have been almost like um, a, a, a Strindberg, not Strindberg. Who am I thinking of? I can't think of his name. The Swedish director. You know who I mean. No, not the Swedish chef. I'm not looking him up because I just don't care anymore. Existential dread. I think Drew, Drew Marvick, you're the only thing that's going to cure my existential dread. And I don't know why. I don't know how that's going to work, Drew Marvick. But I'd like to try a few things. What's happening? We're talking about this nice movie where awful girls get killed. And I'm just all over the place. Oh, Drew Marvick, since you're the director, I need to have a little chat with you, okay? Listen, you need to check with your gaze before you cast. Because there was a character who showed up, one of her friends, one of uh, Blair's friends. The second she opened her mouth, they said, I love her. She's the best. Oh, my God, I hope she sticks around. No, she's the first one gone. Check with your gaze. Gaze no good bitches. There's a rule, Drew, which I don't know if you know. I don't know what your orientation is, and I don't care. I'm going to tell you anyway. Like he's listening. He's not a pa- Drew, are you a patron? Listen up. This is some free cinema classes for you. So the law of the movies as old as the movies themselves. Straight men love when the good guys win. But gay men love when the bad girls win. Yeah. So if you got a good bitch, a good proper bitch that knows how to do a zinger and deliver it properly... You don't kill her the first five minutes she's on screen. No, not when you have a bunch of boring-ass bitches stomping around with their hard titties flopping around. No, 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 no. Now, I know you got your demographic, but listen, our demographic has the disposable income to keep your projects afloat, okay? Got this? (laughs) We can form an alliance. (laughs) I'll be be your official homosexual um, uh, advisor on every show, (laughs) every movie. I got nothing. I don't know what I'm talking about. Okay. The other thing I want to say, there's another character who shows up. Not, there's the guy. This character is the brother of the guy who didn't take his shirt off. And this guy provides what turns out to be some of the best and also some of the absolute worst moments of the movie. And I'll start with the bad. He has a very long discussion with one of the girls. Very long about an alternate theory about Ferris Bueller's day off. And then he has another lengthy discussion about Fight Club. This goes on forever. And here's a rule for me as well. Here's another rule. And I also want to tell this to the guy who does the American Horror Story, whose name I can't think of, because he does this shit all the time. Don't make me think of a better movie while I'm watching your movie. Don't make me think of any other movie while I'm watching your movie. Because now I'll be like, "Mm, okay, you're talking about Ferris Bueller. I'd really rather be watching Ferris Bueller right now. Don't listen to you go drill, drill. I can't even say words right now. You know what I'm saying? 
Because now all of a sudden I'm like, wow, this movie has more padding than my ass does after Double Sling Night. <laughs> double Sling Night? I don't know what that meant. Never mind. I'm not going to finish that sentence. Okay, never mind. Shh. That never happened. That never happened. But yet, I noticed something. And once I noticed it, I couldn't not notice it. And it suddenly became the best thing ever. Every time he said Blair's name, he said it like Cousin Jerry from The Facts of Life. Well, we were having a great party, Blair. But I really think you need to tend to your guests, Blair. And you know how I love a good Jerry Jewell impersonation. You know how often I've done this on the show. So, Drew, if you directed your actor to deliver that line, like Cousin Jerry from The Facts of Life, I'm going down on one knee right now. And now I'm going down on the other knee. And now I'm going down on you! Oh my gosh, what is with me today? I don't know, I got a little bit of Drew in my I don't have enough of Drew in me. <laughs> stop it, stop it. Okay, so that's Pool Party Massacre. You know, know what you're in for. You're going to hate it and you're going to come back at me, but let's just say I've been in a weird mood and whatever it was, it hit my buttons. So, the only thing left to cover is... The super secret cinema stash selection for this time around. Now, I picked something that is completely out of left field. Again, something I did not intend to do. But it's in the movie theaters right now. And it's not even a horror movie. And the subject matter is not only something I have absolutely no interest in whatsoever, but I have no knowledge of whatsoever. Not the target audience for this movie at all. What movie is it? Well, I'm going to give you a hint right now. After I saw this movie, I wanted to stuff Ryan Reynolds up my ass even more than I did before. Because it was a Pikachu! I wanted Richard Gere, that motherfucker. Fucking Detective Pikachu is amazing. What a delight. Start to finish. I loved every fucking second of it, and I went in the worst mood. I just needed to get out of the house and go do something, and I went by myself, and I was pissy, and I was happy as a clam, that whole fucking movie. What a joy. And what the hell, there's another Smith kid? There's a Smith kid who can act and seems like a decent human being? What, where did he come from? Whose uterus was he hiding out in? Belinda blinked. That's where, but you know, go, if you haven't, go see it. Go. I know nothing about Pokemon. Nothing. I was way too old for that shit when it came out. And when everybody was running around doing the Pokemon... It wasn't Pokemon Live, was it? Whatever the hell. Whatever that shit was, people running around the streets trying to catch Pokemon. They're like, I'm not even getting involved in this crap. This is going to get real annoying real fast. Or I'm going to get arrested or raped. One or the other. Um, but, no. Loved it. The world was fascinating. It looks great. It feels enormous. And you know how I love it when things look great and feel enormous? Patrick Mary Elizabeth Walsh. See, I'm all horny for Drew, and I can't stop myself. I don't know what's happening. I took one look at this guy and just said, I need to climb him. And I don't even know what that means. <gasps> all right, this all just suddenly, suddenly, suddenly makes sense. Hold on a second. I'm going to have to pause for a minute and make sure that this checks out. Do you remember way, 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 way back at the beginning of this episode? 
okay, that was like 15 minutes for you, but that was like 12 hours ago for me because I've been sitting here all goddamn day with technical problems. You remember? Way back, I brought up that hippopotamus from McGilla Gorilla. Right? Right? And his signature move to save the day was always the hippo hurricane holler. And this movie, the movies that I picked today, I was led to movies that had a car in it. And cars have horns. And then I was led to another movie, which had a bunch of mean sluts in it, who were awfully whorish. And both of them were kind of hard. I'm also horny. I'm going to go with horny. I'm, also, I'm horny for Drew. Okay, so the, this, this, the combination of things has given me a horny, horish, how? No, that's not right. This whole combination of films that we've experienced today has given me my signature Pikachu move <laughs> of the. Horny. No, no, I can't do it. <clears throat> Horny. Horace. Honker. Because <laughs> it's a horn and it honks. I am so tight. Guys, I am at the level of exhaustion right now that I usually don't hit until the potathon. That is how bad this day is. And I know this is an exercise in delirium, but that is exactly why you guys are patrons. This is why this shit will never go out in the regular show because I will be ruined. I'll be ruined. I will be ruined. But I did it for you. I did it for you. And I did it for Drew. <laughs> and I'll do it too, Drew. Drew, was the last time I don't have in front of me anymore? Because I'm touching myself inappropriately, possibly. I got nothing. I don't know what's happening. Drew, I apologize for dragging your name into the gutter like this. But then again, you put out that movie. It was already kind of deep in there. And, and I mean that as a compliment. Okay? Okay. A girl had a weed whacker in her vagina. Okay, you can't claim class on this one. I might have one in my vagina right now. You don't know. You don't know. But that is going to wrap up the final reel for this time. Oh, my sweet mother mercy. And Drew... I'll be right here waiting for Drew wherever you go. God, Jesus, wrap the show up, Patrick. So until next time, my totally fabulous Super Screamer Patreon subscribers, you fucking rock my world. You can Because like, this is a place I can really let my hair down. You think the show is working? I just, I really let loose. I, I just let so loose I prolapsed. Excuse me while I put my intestines back in my body. Oh, my God. Good night, everybody. I'll see you next time. Holy guacamole. And so, my beautiful, beautiful screamers, I hope that you enjoyed that particularly deranged peek at the final reel, which is a premium content exclusive to Patreon members only, people who are supporting the show through a monthly Patreon subscription. And for just $3 a month, you can get access to that premium content as well as Damn You, Uncle Lewis, the Friday the 13th, the series retrospective that also comes out monthly with Trey Dean and Maya Murphy. Speaking of which, later this month, we're going to be doing our first live stream of Damn You, Uncle Lewis and my first live stream full podcast show ever. That'll be coming up the last weekend 
in January. So uh, we, you'll be getting more information on that when we get closer to the date. And again, that's going to be for patrons only. And if you want to become a patron, if all of this is so enticing to you that you just cannot resist, if you are a super screamer in your heart, you can be one for real by going over to www.patreon.com slash screamqueens and picking a membership level and coming and join the party with us because it's cool in here. Yeah, come sit at the cool table. Well, everything in here is the cool table. You're already at the cool table, but you can be in the cool. I got nothing. I've got nothing. That's not true. Because I've got a thank you to say. Because I got a review on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts, rather, from a little somebody called Jello from the United States. And Jello wrote, Oh my God, this podcast is an absolute blast. I love horror, and this hysterical show brings it all together for me. I can't wait for more. A plus, 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 plus. Jello. Thank you so much. Like, the one A-plus was a lot, but when we got to the third one, I'm like, there can't be another plus, but then there was another plus. I'm glad you're enjoying it. I'm glad you're out there. I'm glad you're having a blast. That's why I do this, trying to get this through these dark times by making us laugh as much as we can. And if you would like to leave a review of Scream Queens, you can do that in a really easy way. Instead of going all the way into your podcatcher and looking them up on the internet and doing all this long, boring stuff, you can do it clickety-split. There's a link right there, and there in the show notes. Lovethepodcast.com slash Scream Queens. Click that, and you can immediately write a review on any podcatcher that's out there right now. It works for iTunes, works for Apple, works for Podchaser, Stitcher, CastBox, if it's not there, it's coming soon. But one click, leave a review, and help the show. It helps in our social status and you know, marketing purposes and all this good stuff. The more you review, the faster we go. Did that make sense? I don't know. But anyway, that link, once again, is lovethepodcast.com slash screamqueens. And you might hear your review right out on the show. Okay, okay. And I'm Pee Wee Herman. So before we wrap up, I want to say thank you to my partners in crime, even though I did not use them this week. Uh, Squadcast is a little service that provides remote recordings for professional podcasters. If you want perfect sound when you're doing these remote recordings with your guests, you want to be using a decent service. You know, yeah, Skype gets it done for free. Zoom gets it done sort of for free. But it ain't Squadcast. You don't get the backup. You don't get individualized voice tracks for each person so you can really fine-tune your editing. You don't get automatic backup, and you don't get the customer service that you get from Squadcast. So you can either you know continue on and you're going with okay sound, or you can actually sound like a podcasting professional. And if you'd like a seven-day free trial of Squadcast, you can go on over to bit.ly slash squadqueens. That's bit.ly slash squadqueens. And of course, a huge thank you to my scantily clad, oiled up, beefed up, hunky-dunky, sexy-flexy, disco-dancing, ninja Jedi Knights, over at Captivate FM. Captivate FM is the only podcasting host that is actively involved in helping you grow your podcast. They want your podcast to grow and get better. And we get new perks every week. I can't even keep up. We're getting so many. And they also make everything so easy. I struggle so much with my old podcast host. I used to hate posting podcasts. It's up. It's done. Zip, zappity, do, da, day. You can get it stuff for free. But you know what? When your podcast host doesn't charge you anything, you're their product. Don't be the product. Be the superstar that you are at Captivate FM. And get a seven-day free trial of that by going to bit.ly slash CaptivateSQ. So before we wrap up, I want to talk about what's going to be going on in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I don't, I'm going to have to bump Death Drop Gorgeous 
further down the line because we've got a whole jam-packed schedule for the next couple of ooh, many shows for a while. But don't worry, it's coming. Well, what's coming up in the meantime? Well, first of all, I don't know if you noticed, but I did a guest stint during this last break over with those utterly delightful homos on Haunted Hill. We talked about Child's Play, and we had a fantastic time. And you might want to check that out. First of all, the show is fantastic, and I love them. I love them so much that they're going to be on our very next episode. That's right, Chris and Kevin, the homos on Haunted Hill, will be here next time when we're going to be talking about Last Girl Standing. Last Girl Standing is available on Amazon Prime if you haven't seen it and you want to play along at home. And it's going to be our transition into Women in Horror Month. Because February is, of course, Women in Horror Month. Got some very special guests lined up. And I'm telling you right now, the movie that we're going to be talking about for Women in Horror Month is Swallow. Swallow. It's not on any streaming services right now, but you can rent it. And it's a very curious movie with lots to dig into for many, many different reasons. But we'll all get into that next month. And the other thing next month is, is Black History Month. So for the first time, which is shameful, for the first time for my 11 years in Scream Queens, we're also going to be covering some black films. We're going to be covering Antebellum. And if I haven't sold you on Patreon just yet, remember that time last episode where I let you guys pick the movie and there was a tie between Anne and the Apocalypse and To All Good Night? Remember that? And it was my vote that broke the tie. So we covered Anne in the Apocalypse. Well, given all the disrest in this country over voting, I've got you covered because I am getting together with Cindy and Stacy from Creepy Kitsch to talk about To All a Good Night on Patreon next week. This movie is terrible. And you know, nothing goes better with terrible movies than Cindy and Stacy from Creepy Kitsch. Oh, you know how I've been complaining about not going off on anything for a while? Oh, you better tune in if you want to hear me lose my shit because this movie makes me crazy crazy. And again, that's www.patreon.com slash screamqueens if you want to become a patron. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can find me on Facebook by doing a search on Scream Queens where horror gets gay. I'm on Twitter at Scream Queens. I'm on Instagram at Scream Queens Podcast. And if you're overwhelmed with all the bits and leads and social media information, everything is conveniently located right down there in your show notes. It should be right there on your podcatcher screen all those links should be active you, you, you just just scroll down there pick a link click away let's party baby oh yeah so before we wrap up the one thing i've taken away from this week is that um well like i said my friend steven passed away steven i've known 25 years now he has helped me out when i was at my lowest when things got sick he fought this lunatic in the health department to help me get it was just anyway long story anyway he he was always there for me and <sighs> Stephen was a professional opera singer and a Broadway performer he was in Phantom of the Opera on Broadway playing Pianji he was in Sunset Boulevard he played with Betty Buckley he played Max the Butler and I had not seen him in a while his his health started declining a couple of years ago and he got a bit reclusive, and then um, quarantine happened, and just, you know, um, you all get wrapped up in your own life, and you just kind of drifted away, and just last week, I had the idea, I'm like, you know what, since we're, I'm going and covering classic movies that I don't normally talk about, I said, why don't I cover the Phantom of the Opera movie, and ask Steven on, that would be fun, great way to get reacquainted again. But I knew he had his whole Santa Stephen thing that he does. 
And those calls would go all the way through New Year's or sometimes through Little Christmas sometimes. And that kept him very busy. You know, his energy level was limited. And I said, you know what? After, you know, right after Little Christmas, I'll give him a call. And he's gone. And I'm filled with regret. That I had that thought and said, I'll just put it on the shelf and it'll be fine. And it wasn't fine. And I'm just, I don't know what I'm saying except, guys, carpe diem. If you have the opportunity to tell someone that you haven't thought about in the while, while that you're thinking about them, do it now. Just do it. Just one person. Because grief is one thing and regret is an entirely separate pain altogether. I'm... I'm going to miss you, my big, beautiful, blue-eyed bear. I hope we get to catch up someday. So until next time, my beautiful, beautiful screamers, continue to make the world a creepier place. I'll make it a little fabulous while you're doing it as well. And never, ever forget that Scream Queen's golden rule. Fight or flight. Survive the night. Make it to the final reel. Wear a fucking mask. Wash your fucking hands. Keep your fucking distance. Take care of each other. And don't forget I love you. Bye. All of the music for tonight's show, unless otherwise specified, has been written by Sam Haynes. You can find all of his music at www.bandcamp.com. Bitches! <laughs> Ew.